You are listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy, and sponsored by the award-winning novel, The Beloved Daughter. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to listen to this gripping audiobook about a Christian girl in North Korea. And now, enjoy today's episode of Unabridged, the Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Chapter 6 Kimmy stepped into the Glen Allen daycare and held the door open for her brother. Before Pip was past the threshold, Kimmy was wrapped up in Jade's arms as her friend attempted to squeeze all the breath out of her lungs. I'm so sorry about what happened. Kimmy didn't know why the reaction surprised her. Knowing what she did about Jade, she shouldn't have expected anything different. Jade was effervescent, extroverted, and probably twice as strong as Kimmy would ever be. Her hug of condolence was as smothering as it was compassionate. Once freed, Kimmy took a step back. Thanks, it's good to be back. She helped her brother escape from his layers of coats, pulled out his favorite tub of matchbox cars, then followed Jade into the kitchen. What are we making for breakfast this morning? Jade held up the Pillsbury can. Cinnamon rolls. Kimmy's stomach gurgled. She hoped Jade didn't hear. Kimmy kept the door to the play area propped open so she could supervise the few kids in attendance and suddenly felt sheepish. She'd been so focused on her and Pip's grief over the past few days, she'd hardly thought about Jade's visit yesterday. What kind of impression did Jade have of her and her family now? With a stepdad who lazed around the house all day, belching out his beer and stripped half-naked, a half-brother who refused to speak, and a mom who killed herself. She caught Jade staring at her and felt herself blush. Oh well, Jade never seemed to have a problem speaking her mind or interacting with other people who did. Kimmy took in a deep breath. I'm really sorry if my stepdad made you uncomfortable when you came over. He's... She struggled for the right words. He's always like that, sometimes even worse. He's a monster of a man, and I wish he was the one who died instead of my mom. She calmed her quivering voice and explained. He's got a lot to deal with right now. Why was she making excuses for him? because otherwise she'd have to find a way to explain why she was still living with the beast when she was free to walk away. Theoretically free, at least. Kimmy was already starting to feel just as trapped as her mom had been. There had to be a way to distance herself from her stepfather without abandoning Pip. Maybe she could ask for more hours at the daycare. Then at least she and Pip would be here instead of at home. It would mean more money for Chuck's drinking, and he'd have the trailer to himself. But that was the problem. He didn't want the trailer to himself. He wanted someone to pick up all his stained napkins and snot-covered paper towels, someone to fetch his coffee and make sure his beers stayed icy cold. The man at the funeral home told Kimmy by phone it was natural for people who'd lost a loved one to suicide to feel angry at the deceased but initially she'd balked at the suggestion. How could she be mad at her mom? For all of Kimmy's begging and pleading, it had become apparent that only dying would free mom from her servitude. 
In Kimmy's most honest musings, she'd feared that one day Chuck's anger could lead to murder, and she was relieved that Mom had met death on her own terms. Mom's suicide was a small act of defiance against a man who'd held her in terror for years. But now Kimmy wished she could take her mom by the shoulders, force her to observe exactly what her death had done. Kimmy was even more trapped than she'd been a week ago. All of Mom's responsibilities now fell on her, and even though Kimmy hated to admit it, Chuck wasn't the only one worrying about how they'd keep the family afloat without those regular welfare payouts. Worst of all were her worries over Pip. How could a three-year-old understand the finality of death? And since he didn't speak, Kimmy had no idea what he was thinking. Did he figure Mom had abandoned him? That she stopped loving him and ran away? Pip hadn't cried any more than normal these past few days, and even though it seemed like he clutched Kimmy more closely at night, it could also be that she was the one clinging to him. He doing all right? Jade's voice came from right behind Kimmy's shoulder, making her jump. She realized she'd spent the past several minutes staring at her brother. While Jade's little girl and the other early arrivers, grouped in the main area, coloring or playing in the massive dollhouse that once belonged to Jade's daughter, Pip was in the corner by the cubbies, right where Kimmy had left him. Instead of racing his cars up and down the carpet like most kids would, he focused all his attention on lining them up in concentric circles. Kimmy knew that if she got closer, she'd see he'd organized them by color, or size, or model, or whatever other system caught his fancy today. She forced herself to smile. Yeah, it's hard on him, but he's handling things really well. Does he understand what happened? Kimmy didn't know if Jade was asking about their mom's death in general, or her suicide specifically. She shrugged and offered a non-committal, it's hard to say. How did he do at the funeral? Was that pretty rough on him? Kimmy's face grew hot. How could she explain that her stepdad was so heartless he wouldn't even allow them to plan a service? The oven timer dinged, distracting Jade and freeing Kimmy from the conversation that was destined to grow more awkward the longer it dragged on. Cinnamon rolls are ready, Jade called out. Jade's daughter and the other children cheered and clamored and caused a minor stampede in an effort to be the first seated at the kitchen table. Pip, on the other hand, frowned at the box of cars, studying them as if they were Einstein's theory of relativity, then made a careful selection. He held the truck up, squinting as he turned it around to examine it from all angles, before adding it to his circle of cars perfectly placed and impeccably lined up. Chapter 7 The daycare was quieter than normal, with the coal twins out with strep throat and another child whose family was on vacation in the lower 48. The comparable calm was a mixed blessing. With the grief of losing her mom sitting at the base of her neck like a 30-pound backpack, 
Kimmy was grateful that today's crowd seemed fairly content to play with only minimal need for supervision. On the other hand, the minutes seemed to drag by as slowly as the Alaskan sunset on the summer solstice. After breakfast, Pip beelined right back to his toy cars, working himself into an angry panic when he discovered one of his trucks kicked out of place. Kimmy finally managed to calm him, but she had a few new scratches on her arm for her efforts. As far as Fitz went, this one was relatively calm. Once Pip was contentedly absorbed in his sorting work again, Kimmy made her way back to the kitchen where Jade was scrubbing down the table with disinfectant. Have you made any coffee yet? Jade glanced up from her work. No, you go ahead. I could use a cup myself. Kimmy hated coffee until she started working at the daycare. Jade showed her the difference between a nice fresh roast and the generic stuff Chuck always bought. Kimmy was also pleasantly surprised to discover that her coffee didn't have to be so strong it poured out like sludge and that a little bit of flavored creamer made a big difference in cutting back on the bitter taste. Keeping partial attention on the kids playing in the common room, Kimmy pulled down the bag of Alaskan coffee and changed out the old filter. What time is it? Jade asked. Kimmy glanced at the clock above the sink. 9.45. Is it me or is this day dragging on? Kimmy was glad she wasn't the only one who felt that way. A few minutes later, the two women were sitting in rocking chairs on the far side of the playroom with steaming mugs of freshly brewed Kaladi Brothers coffee in their chipped mugs. Here's to you. Jade held her cup high. With prayers for peace and comfort for you and your family after all you've gone through. Kimmy had never seen anyone make a toast with a mug of coffee before, but she appreciated Jade's thoughtfulness. Taking a small sip, she scanned the room to make a quick mental count of the kids. Jade's daughter, Des, was playing by the dollhouse. Noah was coloring at the kiddie table. The Abbott brothers and their cousin Chinook were climbing up and down the small indoor kiddie gym, pretending to be pirates. We'll have to get ready for story time pretty soon. You want me to do it today? Jade asked. In the past, Kimmy took on reading duty. The kids loved to hear her do her voices, and Kimmy appreciated their enthusiasm and rapture. I don't mind, she said. I'll do it. Jade glanced at her with what looked like the start of a question in her expression, but instead of saying anything, she just took another sip of coffee. That works for me, she said. I've got to go disinfect that bathroom at some point anyway. Kimmy would never complain about working with someone who would rather scrub toilets than read a few books out loud. They both finished their coffee, and while Jade helped the kids who needed assistance in the bathroom, Kimmy picked out a few books. Everyone loved Dr. Seuss, and reading his books had become so second nature, Kimmy could do it with only investing a small chunk of her mental energy. Another one of her personal favorites was There's a Monster at the End of This Book, but she wasn't sure she had the energy today. She had to get the voice just right to make it sound scary enough to keep everyone amused without actually frightening any of the littler kids. Kimmy had no guidebook on grief, 
but she suspected that the sooner she could get back to doing all the things she did before, the sooner she could say she had finally moved on. With the monster book in her hand, and a few other especially funny ones thrown in for good measure, she pulled the rocking chair to the center of the playroom. All right, guys, she called out, wondering if her voice sounded natural. Grab your magic carpet square and let's read some stories. Noah came running first, eager to grab his favorite spot right in front of Kimmy. Chinook sat next to Dez, and the two girls giggled when one of the Abbott boys tripped over an untied shoe. Everyone was here, except for Pip. Kimmy glanced at the bathroom. Had Jade taken him to the toilet? She leaned forward and laid the books out on the floor in a colorful spread. All right, guys, if you promise not to touch these or fight about them, I want you to think about which story you want to read first. When I get back, you can each tell me your choice, and we'll take a vote. Even before she got out of her chair, she realized she'd set the kids up for failure by making them promise not to fight. She hurried toward the bathroom. Jade was leaning over the toilet, yellow rubber gloves on her hands, and hot pink earbuds in her ears. She glanced up. Need anything? Kimmy peeked behind the bathroom door as if her brother might be hiding there. Have you seen Pip? Jade took off her gloves and paused whatever she was listening to on her phone. What? Kimmy repeated her question, then glanced back at the circle of kids, half expecting him to have joined the group. I'm sure he's around here somewhere. Jade's statement of the obvious only made Kimmy's hands clammier. I'll check the kitchen, Kimmy said. Can you see if he went to the nap room for some reason? Jade tossed her rubber gloves onto the sink, and Kimmy glanced at her brother's box of cars by the front door. Where had he gone? She poked her head into the kitchen. Pip? After glancing under the table and sink, she checked the broom closet and even the lower cupboards. I didn't see him in the nap room. Jade licked her lips. Kimmy knew she wasn't in a strong enough emotional state to determine the exact time to freak out, so she took her cues from her friend. Jade fingered her chin, glancing sideways. Think he could have gone outside? I'll go check. Kimmy hurried toward the exit. He knew he wasn't allowed to play outside by himself, and most of the time he was terrified to be away from Kimmy, even for a few minutes. She glanced at his cubby. If he had gone outside, he'd forgotten his coat. Where could he be? Her heart started pumping wildly, and she didn't know if the surge of terror she felt was a rational reaction or not. How could she? She'd never lost her brother before. In fact, until last summer when he discovered his love of matchbox cars, he'd hardly ever let Kimmy out of a five-foot radius from wherever he was. Pip? A cold blast of air confronted her when she stepped outside. It didn't make sense. Pip was the kind of kid who threw fits when anything in the daily routine changed in even the slightest detail. A kid who had, until recently, refused to be away from his sister's side while she was at work. Why would he have gone onto the playground by himself? Pip! She leaned down, peeking in all the tube slides, 
checking and double-checking anywhere a three-year-old Pip's size could conceivably hide. The choices were fairly limited. Two minutes later, she was back in the daycare building, and Jade's nervous shaking of the head revealed that her search had been just as fruitless. Kimmy's breath grew short. The daycare began to spin in her periphery. Her brother was lost. You've been listening to Termination Dust by Alana Terry. Today's episode of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is sponsored by The Beloved Daughter Audiobook, available exclusively on Audible. Visit alanaterry.com beloved to download The Beloved Daughter Audiobook, narrated by two-time Audio Award winner Kathy Garber. If you're new to Audible, you can listen to this award-winning novel right away with a no-risk 30-day free trial when you go to alanaterry.com beloved. And don't forget to tune in soon for the next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. Thanks for listening.